Oh, Brennan, I'm sitting here. We're mid-March. We're almost to the Elite Eight. We're getting towards the end of our favorite time of year. Maybe. I never expected in a million years to be this disappointed by a damn basketball tournament. This is the Trial Run Podcast. We're back. I'm Nathan. That's Brennan. You know the drill. I want to let my man Brennan here. Yeah, he had a rough night last night. Yeah. A very rough night. As you all know, he's a big Michigan Wolverines homer. A school that he doesn't go to. Let that let the record show. I want to let him say his piece because he's been squeamish all day long, not knowing what to do after they got blown out. The Michigan Wolverines basketball team got blown out by the Texas Tech Red Raiders last night. I want to give him a little bit of time right off the bat today for our podcast. A little bit of time to just say his piece because he has to get it out in the open. Well, I've been scrolling through the Twitter feeds and the Instagram pages and seeing the comments of both Michigan fans and non-Michigan fans alike, and so I really just felt that I had to address this whole situation because I was having an aneurysm reading what what everyone was saying. So I'm going to start with why Michigan lost this game, and I think it really boils down to three things. First of those things is that Michigan, just in general this season, the the second half of the season, was not a great offensive team. I don't think anyone could say that they were. It's Nate and I have discussed this in our own private conversations, but it's it's really baffling that Michigan sucks offensively because it seems like they have all the pieces to be good. They have shooters, they have slashers, they got a a great big man, but they just can't put all the pieces together. So that's that's reason number one. Second reason, tip of the hat to Texas Tech. They have a great defense. They have a very, very solid defense. I think they're third in scoring defense throughout the whole nation, which is actually right behind Michigan. But regardless, they are an awesome defense, and they played a great game yesterday. Third reason Michigan lost is because, even by their standards, they had a horrible shooting night. And yes, some of that is because of Texas Tech's defense, but they got open looks which they missed. They went one for 19 from three. Their only three-pointer was a chuck-up by their student manager at the end of their game, and they missed dunks, they missed shots. So Michigan bungled this game for themselves. So I just, I feel like I have to say that because as good as Texas Tech's defense was, it was not all them. Okay, now we've gotten that out of the way. I just want everyone to realize that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for Michigan. They lost three of their top four scores from last season in Duncan Robinson, Abdur Rahman, and Mo Wagner. So the fact that they've gone to the Sweet 16 three straight years and people are still complaining about that shows that everyone just needs to settle down, Beeline's the right guy, and Michigan is a very solid program who has a bright future. Are you done? I'm done. That's all I had to say. I just had to get that off my chest. I think that really needed to be said. Okay, thank God. (laughs) So I don't mean to sound depressed or downtrodden about everything because, I mean, that what you just did there was a little bit of a, a downtrodden, I mean, message about Michigan basketball. And I don't mean to stay on that same note, but I've said this off the record, and I'll say it now. I want to get this out into the public. This March Madness worst has sucked. Worst it's been tournament horrible. Ever. Horrible. The worst tournament that I can remember in my recent in my recent memory, it's it's not the fact that it's not good basketball because it's it's good basketball. The best teams are winning. Unfortunately, what I look for in this tournament every single year and what I look forward to are the big upsets, 
the small programs making a name for themselves, and we have gotten none of that in this tournament. The two things I look for is, one, as you mentioned, the, the small upsets. We had Murray State winning. We had Oregon winning. Those do not count as upsets. I'm just going to tell you that now. But then another aspect of tournaments that I look for, which seems to always come in March, are the buzzer beaters. And we have not, not had one. a single buzzer not beater one. yet this year. That Those two, com- the combination of those two things, the lack of upsets and no buzzer beaters, that never happens in March. And of course, of course, this happens the year that we've been hyping up for March Madness for literally two months before it even happened. Like that, that just goes to, that, that that goes to show we're cursed. The, the bad luck. We're cursed. It's ridiculous. I now that I go to a mid-major school and a mid-major college this year more than ever, I wanted the upsets and I wanted the mid-major component to this tournament, and I did not get it. I still haven't got it, and I'm not going to get it because there's not a single mid-major school left. All the one seeds are still intact. We'll see today, but I can't imagine Duke's going to lose, and I don't think Michigan State's going to lose as a two. Even if they do, and even if they do, it's what's a the four big seed deal? beating them or a three seed. Be- like it's it's not upsets at this point. Virginia Tech, I guess, would be an upset over Duke, but not like, much of one. Not really. It's ridiculous. And like I said, I waited all year for this. This year has been absolutely terrible. I I'm ready to move on. Like yeah. is that even like? But, th- but then, depression sets in because what do we have after this? NBA playoffs and then what? We have the MLB season. We have the Masters, a tradition like an- unlike any other. Oh, cue the music. Fire it up. <laughs> I love it so much. But college basketball, and it sucks to me because we've been, like you said, we've been hyping this up for a long while now. And the fact that I'm essentially wishing it away at this point because I'm tired of sitting there and watching the one seeds win with no upsets and no teams in the Elite Eight, no teams in the Sweet 16 that were a lower seed other than Oregon, who's a power five team, so they didn't count. It's so frustrating to me, and it's I know it's frustrating to you as well. Well, let me just ask you this, though, because I feel like we do have to, to add this in for the folks at home. Based on how the tournament has gone this year and the teams that are left, who do you think has the best shot, or maybe not the best shot, but who do you think at least will win the tournament? I mean, I'm going to say Duke. I... I that all the one seeds are left. I think of all the one seeds, Virginia is the weakest one seed. So yeah. I'll put that out right now. I'll say that Duke is definitely the favorite. I don't think Michigan State matches up well with Duke, so I don't think they're going to be the team to beat them. So I think Duke will go to the to the Final Four, likely for a rematch with Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's already beat them. Let that let, let the record show that Gonzaga was one of the teams that beat Duke at full strength. So I think that'll be a good game. But honestly, it's hard to beat a team twice, and I think Duke's a good enough team or they'll come out and got on top against Gonzaga, maybe get a rematch with North Carolina. So, I mean, we'll see, but I'm going to take Duke. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, this is not my pick, by the way, but I just was thinking about this as you were talking. Purdue has surprised me greatly in this tournament. I will say that. That would be the one storyline that I did not see coming whatsoever. I really, so we all know Purdue lives and dies by Carson Edwards. He is their lifeblood, and he struggled mightily coming into the NCAA tournament. And I did not think that was going to change at all. I, I even had in a couple of my brackets Purdue losing to Old Dominion in the first round. So really the fact that they've made it as far as they have has been amazing to me. And I, I, I kind of am cheering for them just because Big Ten, you know, my, my allegiance is always there. But in terms of the team that I think has the best shot, if there's going to be, I'm not going to say Duke because everyone says Duke. If there's going to be a team to challenge them, it would come either from Gonzaga, like you said, or North Carolina if they met up in the national championship. And that would be a storyline that I would love to see. I'd love to see a Duke-North Carolina national championship. And then I'd love to see Zion 
miss a shot at the end or just not ain't not gonna, ain't gonna happen. Not have a big impact that that changes the game at the end of the game. That that's what I if I'll tell you what if that game is the national championship and Zion makes a shot to win the game. That will be cemented as the worst moment in college basketball history, in my opinion. That'll be... My sports career is over. My sports career... That'll be far worse than the Leitner deal. They'll make a 30 for 30 about that, and it'll be, I hate Zion Williamson. Yeah. And I'd be the director. (laughs) Moving elsewhere in college basketball, believe it or not, there's other stories besides the NCAA tournament. One of the major stories that came out a week or so ago, Michael Avenatti, a Nike guy, a Nike extortionist, apparently, according to the story... He alleged that Nike had some foul play in regards to perhaps recruiting and just the NCAA in general. And you know how stiff NCAA is about their their recruiting rules and their program rules. It came out later that he was simply trying to extort Nike for money. So now he's being charged. How to turn tables. (laughs) I I don't even know how to swing this story and how to talk about that. I'm going to try to let you have a crack at this one because I don't even know where to go with this. This is absolutely absurd to me, and it's just like it's just a bizarre story, really, in the best time of year for college basketball. Well, I think the sidebar before we even get started is, it took me as I was preparing for this podcast, it took me literally five minutes to figure out how to pronounce this dude's last name. It, he's got that Italian. What he sounds like he should be in the mob or something, the mafia. Dude's Avenatti. We literally, on our podcast document, we have a phonetic spelling of this dude's last name just so we don't butcher it. So that's just a sidebar. I had to address that, I feel like. But, yeah, no, what a loser this guy is. I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at this guy. Oh, he, get, get a load of this guy. I'm, look, he, I'm looking at a picture <laughs> at him right now. Oh, my God. He does, doesn't he look like he could be in the mafia? This guy looks just... He, he looks like he'd make you a deal that you can't refuse. He looks like an extortionist. He really does. He do, I mean, get... I wish that we were on television because I would love to put this guy's face up on the screen. This is absurd. This guy this guy looks like everything that's wrong with the world. No, but seriously, like, what's wrong with this guy? He tries to bribe Nike, which is like trying to take a charge against Shaq in the middle of an NBA playoff game. Like, this is just not going to work out for you. This d- Nike is a giant, giant company, and you're trying to go toe-to-toe with them. You're trying to play them. No, it's foolish. Oh, and then also... If you didn't hear, he's also been charged for a separate account of bank fraud. So there's that. So this guy's just not a not a great guy overall. And really, I think the only importance that comes out of this story is if Avenatti actually had some 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 dirt on Nike, because like you said earlier, I remember we were talking where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So this guy this guy was trying to bribe Nike, which. Leads me to believe even if he didn't have anything on Nike, Nike thought that he did, which means Nike might actually have some dirt that they want to keep hidden. So really, that's the only storyline to me. I'm wondering what that could be, if there's any big names in college basketball or now in the NBA who could be affected by this story. So that's really what, what this story boils down to me. I mean, I wonder if this is any, in any way connected to the Will Wade situation at LSU because we know that LSU is a Nike school. So, I mean... DeAndre, I don't know. DeAndre Ayton a couple I, I years don't, ago. Yeah, exactly. Arizona, another another Nike school. I I don't know enough about this story to be talking about this right now. <laughs> like this is this is far beyond my comprehension of what can even happen. Legal scholar ish. We don't we don't mess with that. Because this guy, I mean, get a load of him. I mean, he this guy is first of all trying to extort Nike for money, 
And then getting it swung back in his direction with Nike coming back at him saying all he's doing is trying to blackmail us. I mean, this this story is just wild from top to bottom. He looks like Murr from the Impractical Jokers. That's what guy, I'm, that's the vibes I'm picking up this on. This a clone. <laughs> that's enough college basketball talk. It I'm, really is. I'm done with that. We got, we got NFL talk. We got a little bit of MLB opening day stuff after the break. There's been nothing happening in sports, dude. Nothing. Well, it was supposed to be the tournament. This is this is so slow. I, I hate it. <laughs> I'm ready for the NFL season. I'm ready for college football. This is the Trial Run Podcast. We're back. This is the Trial Run Podcast, segment two. It wouldn't be a complete podcast if I didn't get our little endorsement jab in there. So you already know what it is. That is our partnership that I mentioned in our podcast last week at Zion Assistant on Instagram. Go give them a follow. Go give them some love. We're looking to get more followers on our podcast, and the only way we're going to get that done is by getting big guys like him on Instagram with a lot of followers, giving them some love, getting some love back. So like I said, go follow Zion Assistant on Instagram. We don't love the player. We love the account. What do you got to say? Just remember, everyone at home, tell your friends always about this podcast. Blast it all over social media. You know the drill. We're trying to make it big, and the only way we can do that is if our loyal, loving fans can shout us out. So make it happen, people. We got the NFL. Like I said, it's such a slow time for sports right now. We're talking about a minute rule change, which, I mean, it could, mm, ha- it could, have, some, it could have some major implications down the road. But, I mean, right now, everybody knows the big rule change. It's now pass interferences in the NFL are reviewable, whether, whether or not they're called. So, I, like I said, it's, it seems minute now. It could have some major implications down the road. Is this good or bad? Because I hate the idea that the pace of play of the NFL is going to be slowed down tremendously because of this. I hate reviews already because they take away time from my Sundays. Every time I watch a football game, it's a 20-minute review. What do you think of this? Well, personally, I think it's overdue. I think that too many games, especially, especially recently, have been affected because of missed pass interference calls. I think that often pass interference calls are called the wrong way and they completely change how the game how the game the outcome of the game is is presented. So I think this is overdue. I am worried like you said that there's going to be too many stoppages in football if this slows down the pace of play even more. That's a major concern for me. However, if if it's a close call. So I'll say this, if it's a 50-50 call, Stick with what's on the field. Is that going to review every time? Like, that's what I don't want. I don't want that to go to review every single time. I don't think it... I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be the coach's challenge. Like, I don't think this is going to be a booth review type situation. It was. It is a coach's challenge. With And then within two minutes, that's when the booth can signal down for a, for a review. So if you had, like, a Saints, um, Saints situation where it was a pass interference at the end of the game, that would go directly from booth review and wouldn't re- would not require a coach's challenge. Well... This is my stance on all refereeing in any sport, basically. If it's not blatantly obvious, then don't look at it. Just let it go. It, that's part of sports. It's those calls like the Saints call uh, from this past NFC Championship that are just clearly, clearly there's a call that needs to be made that they don't call it. That's when you need to implement this rule change. And that's when we need to see this this pass interference rule come into effect. So I, I'm concerned about the stoppages, but I think it's necessary for the state of the game. I think it's good in theory. My number one concern about this 
is that I know my Lions are going to lose because of this rule. This is going to be one of those rules that's going to come back and it's going to bite the Lions so hard, just like the Calvin Johnson rule that nobody had ever heard of before the, that infamous catch, no catch in that Bears game. This is one of those rules that I promise you, I promise you the Lions will find some way to extort this rule to lose a football game, and that's what drives me insane. Like we said, pace of play getting slowed down. Why did this rule not come into effect after the Brandon Pettigrew incident in the 2012 playoffs or 2011 playoffs, whenever it was? I know you remember that. Mm -hmm. Brandon Pettigrew getting absolutely mugged by the Cowboys. It, what, why would that rule not come into effect then? Because I would argue that that, that no-call... That picked-up flag was just as egregious as the Saints-Rams deal in the NFC Championship game. I'll, I'll tell you why it came now instead of from that Lions game is because this was the de deciding factor, the Saints one, was the deciding factor in the NFC Championship game for a team that was about to go to the Super Bowl. So that's reason number one. And then people of all teams, not just the Saints, created a huge uproar all over Twitter, all over social media about this problem. And then finally... People, frankly, just don't give a rat's about the Lions. Yeah, they don't. They don't. It, it, it's the fact of the matter is that the Lions are a subpar team at best. They have been their entire, the entire length of their franchise, and the Saints are an exciting team to watch that people were rooting for. So people were upset about it. They made their case about it, and the the NFL did something about it. I, this drives me insane as a Lions fan and as a fan of a team that gets no love from the NFL or from any fans at all. I have to say that I hate that it always seems like these teams such as the Saints or such as the Rams or the Patriots or the Cowboys, they get all kinds of love. The NFL is giving them nothing but opportunity and chances for, for changes based on just them saying so. It drives me absolutely insane as a Lions fan that the Lions, especially a team that hasn't won a playoff game since the early 90s, that call right there directly took a playoff game away from them, that Brandon Pettigrew call, and nobody said anything about it. it, it j I'm getting worked up about it right now because I, I can't <laughs> tolerate that level of hate towards one of my favorite teams. I think it's a respect-is-earned type of league. I think that if you can prove your worth in the NFL... Which the Lions have not. Which the Lions have not. Since 1957, rebuilding since 1957. <laughs> I think that that is what gives you the respect that the Lions would be looking for. The Saints have... The Saints, if you remember, really before the mid-2000s, they were not a good team. They they built themselves up. They centered themselves around Drew Brees, gave them some weapons, have a, a good defense now, and they've been a consistently good team for the past 10, 15 years. And now they're, they're, getting, you know, they're getting the love from the fans that otherwise wouldn't have cared. I think that's part of the deal. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. But I think that is just the mindset of a lot of fans and even of the, the front office of the NFL. I think it's Detroit versus everybody. It I'll say that right no, now. No, it is. But that's but, because Detroit sports sucks. But I'll also say, don't, don't even get me started. I'll also say, I think that 2008 Lions season is going to be the, def the, the defining season of that franchise for a long time. Even I think if they win a Super Bowl, I think many people remember the Lions franchise as being the first 0-16 team far before they think of any success associated with the Lions. I, that's just my opinion. I'm getting very upset and depressed from this podcast so far. This, this, this isn't is, so negative the entire this time. This is bringing back terrible guess memories. What, guess what? I'm about to get more negative because you brought it up, so now I want to talk about it. I want to talk about Detroit sports right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've addressed this in past podcasts, but I want to hit it again because 
Tigers started yesterday, MLB opening day. Correct. We saw that. Big win, 2 nothing. They're on pace to go 162-0. and Wow. So I just want to say that right now, the Tigers are going to fade. Even if they start the season good, they're going to fade. They're not going to be a playoff team. Red Wings, not going to be a playoff team. Nope. Pistons are fighting for their playoff lives right now. They'll make it, though. I believe but they, they'll lose. I believe they have a two-game two game lead in the playoff spot. Big win over Orlando a couple days ago. They might, be a, they might be a playoff team. They might get a playoff win. Who knows? They're not going to win a series. Nope. The Lions, terrible last year. They digress. They went in the opposite direction that they were supposed to go with Patricia. We're relying on them this season to be a lot better. Michigan just lost. This is the state of Michigan sports in general. Michigan basketball lost yesterday. And, of, co- of course, what's the one good team right now in the state of Michigan? Michigan State basketball. God bless him. God I, th- bless him. Th- this is... I don't mean to be somber, but if you're a Detroit sports fan right now like I am, what do we have to cheer for? There's not much. The Pistons are not going to win a series. The Red Wings, Tigers, and Lions likely all won't make the playoffs. Like, what is happening? Yeah. No, it's a... Really, though, like, we say this now, but is this really anything new? I mean, the the Red... I mean, a little bit. I mean, the Red Wings... So, the Red Wings have been a historically good program. There's no denying that. But outside of the Red Wings... You've had some good seasons from the Tigers, but they've they've been a they've been a, a above average team at best throughout their throughout their tenure. And then the Lions have always sucked. The Pistons had a couple good years with the Bad Boys and a couple good years in the early two thousands. Yep, a couple good years in the early two thousands, and they've sucked. Other than that, so like really, what do we have as 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 Detroit sports fans in my lifetime and in my mind space like that I can remember in the time that I can remember. The first definitive season that I remember as a Lions fan was 2008. I remember 0-16. I remember about the same time I remember the Pistons. That was just when they started getting bad. They started getting bad at the tail end of that that little run they had with Chauncey Billups, uh, Rip Hamilton, Ben Rashid Wallace, like that whole gang right there. That was a time when I remember and they were terrible. Red Wings have really not been good. They won a Stanley Cup when I was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old. But in my time, past 2010, they really haven't been that good. Like, they made the playoffs a couple times. They haven't been that good. And the Tigers, the one team that I will say has been good in my lifetime, are now terrible. Mm-hmm. So this is just completely, completely baffling to me. And I, I, I hate to do this to Detroit sports, but God, get it together. In my time as a sports fan, which has been a considerable amount of time, both at the collegiate and professional level, I have never had one of my teams win a championship. A national championship, that is. Any kind of championship. I've seen Big Ten championships. That does not count. But, yeah, that doesn't count. And even those were tournament champions. It's not that they were the regular season champions. So, I, I'm i at a loss. It's very disappointing. I'm getting depressed. We let, need, Let's move on. Let, let's, I mean, let's talk about something that... makes me happy for a short period of time. Let's talk about MLB opening day real quick. My man Brandon over here could not care less about baseball or this season. So I'm just going to go off on a tangent real quick. MLB opening day, I said this last night off off the record, off the air. The MLB is something that I'm happy when it's here. I'm not going to watch it all that much, but I like knowing that it's kind of a backdrop for everything happening. I like knowing that it's available, and I like knowing that there's professional sports happening no matter if, it's, if it is a 162-game season. I like knowing that it's there. I'm happy baseball's back. 
and I'm happy everything is happening right right at the correct time because sports right now is on a significant downturn. No, you're absolutely right about that. And like you said, you know how I feel about this. Who gives a rat's about MLB opening day? I don't care. I know people like baseball. But I've even heard from some of my friends who listen to this podcast. We were talking. He's like, dude, why do you have an MLB section on this? And I was like, yeah, we got to give the fans what they want. But really, like, who cares? It's the MLB. Like, March Madness is coming to a close. Like I said, once the NBA season wraps up, it's it's now just depression time for sports fans. This is even supposed to be this is supposed to be MLB's time of year, and I think they're even being overshadowed by other storylines from other sports at this time. Like right now, just for example, a, a potential storyline that's happening, or not even a potential storyline, but a storyline that's happening right now that I think is even overshadows the MLB is something like a Gronk retirement. Yeah, something like Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, the tight end from the Patriots, a fan favorite. Him retiring, I think something like that even overshadows something like the MLB opening day, which is supposed to be one of the biggest events in sports. It does. That's because the MLB, like, no one cares about it. And on that topic of the ground retirement, like, what do you think? What do you think about that? Do you think it's smart? I, mean, I think it's absolutely. I mean, he's put his body through a lot. Yeah. I, I have no problem with anybody stepping away from the game, especially from the game of football, which is extremely violent. It's a smart move, in my opinion. Now, my question to you. You have this listed in our notes, which I think is completely ridiculous because I don't agree with this at all. Is Rob Gronkowski the greatest of all time at the tight end position? No, I, which I don't, I, I don't know how you feel. I, I guess I know how you feel about that now. Yeah, but no, that's a no for me. I, I would say that he is number two, though. But behind Tony Gonzalez? Behind Tony Gonzalez. And the only reason Tony Gonzalez is ahead of him is because, A, he's played much longer. He had a longer career. And B, he didn't have Tom Brady throwing to him his entire career, and he didn't have that Belichick offense. I think that's really what it boils down to. Because with with Gronk, you have to consider what he's done. He's only 29 years old, but his body is absolutely destroyed. So everyone knows about his elbow-slash-shoulder injury that he's got going. What about his knee and his back and all the other ailments that he's had over the years? Right, and with all of those injuries... A lot of people don't realize that he's messed them up so many times that if he re-injures certain parts of his bodies, certain part of his body, it gets infected. Oh God! Okay, this is not medical terminology. No, 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 no. This is real. I've this is this is. I've read up on this. I've done my. I had to do my gruesome research. It gets infected, and he basically has to sit out the entire season because of a a tweak to his elbow or his shoulder, his knee, or something of that nature. So he's putting his body on the line every single game and still performing the way that he is. So to me, that's what solidifies Gronk as number two. But like I said, Tony Gonzalez, awesome, awesome player, still the best to me. I mean, I would like to, I would put a guy like Antonio Gates above Gronk based on pure longevity. He's been in the league forever. A basketball player that came well, out of Kent State. It's not in- simply that Tony Gonzalez has been playing longer. I think that's... that's Antonio Gates. No, 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 I'm talking about Tony, oh, Gonzalez, about Tony Gonzalez. Because that's what I'm saying. Tony Gonzalez, I said that one of the reasons he's the best is because he's played longer. But that's not the only reason that, you know, that makes him the best. Just simply playing for a long time like Antonio Gates is not what makes you great. I'm not, okay, I'm not trying to bash Antonio Gates here. I think he's a top five tight end, clearly. But the, the mere fact that he's played for a long time does not make him great. What makes Gronk great is the affections, clearly. <laughs> no, it's the fact that 
He has consistently performed at an elite level while being in this state of injury. I was watching his highlights. I've seen montages all over Instagram because he's retiring. And just the plays that this dude pulls off, he's stiff-arming people into the ground. He's juking past them. He's carrying dudes on his back as he's running into the end zone. He's making one-handed grabs. This guy's amazing to me. And and I'll, I'll state this. A tight end is not just a receiver. He's a blocker. And this dude locks down defensive ends. He's a great blocking tight end as well. So... It definitely, Gronk is solidified for me as a top three tight end all time. I guess I'm not going to argue with you on this. I would like to go back to the infection thing once more <laughs> because this is really sticking in my mind. I can't believe that you... <laughs> are you are you bashing on, me for on, doing on my a, research? Oh, God. On a sports podcast, we're going to talk about injuries and infections. I'm doing my... I'm giving the people what they want to hear. I apologize to the audience at home because that is gross. <laughs> But we'll put you out of your misery because I believe that is we're, we're coming to the end of this podcast. It, it hasn't been a long one. Back to back, two short podcasts. That, you know, spice it up. But we're gonna spice it up. We're gonna keep the length of the mixture. You got anything else? Because nope. I'm done, man. I know you. I know you already went on your tangible Michigan, so you probably got that off your chest. You're probably all good. We're gonna just go and eat some ice cream and cry in front of the TV. I'm sure after this extremely depressing podcast. That's what we like to hear. This has been the Trial Run Podcast. Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence